Hello, everyone, and welcome to Euphoria Season 4, Episode 8. Today, our guests are none other than Norskaren and Zerse. Um, welcome to both of you. And as you both may already know, and as you might at home, we're available on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and SoundCloud. And ladies and gentlemen, we're on the cusp of Week 8. The race for playoffs is on. Every team can technically still lock playoffs, but obviously it's a bit more difficult for some. Uh, shout out to Mystiques who thought he was locked out. You're not, buddy. It's just uh, a ridiculously complicated situation that I don't know the specifics of, but yeah, there's a theoretical possible world where you can make playoffs. Um, but Splice is already locked in, so you guys are cozy. You guys are comfy. How you feeling? Do you is it is like the pressure off? You're like, ooh, we made playoffs, we're fine, or, or are you guys like, oh, I guess we have to fight for top two now? Yeah, I think it's like that. We I think we thought we were gonna make playoffs for sure, but our goal is top two, so that's what we're stressed out for. You know, we're not like relaxed because we made playoffs. So yeah. Hmm. Why top two? Why because, not? Why not one? Well, you know, you wanna have like realistic goals, and since we lost two zero against the G two already, I think it's kind of impossible to get the top one spot. So yeah. If you guys hadn't already lost to G2, do you think this is like a mentality that every team has where it's like, we can beat all these other guys except for G2, like no one can beat them? Mm, I think it's a lot different in a best of one, yeah. Like if you play best of five against G2, it might be a, a lot harder. Mm. Fair. I think best of one, that feels like there's always hope. Um, before we get into like the thick of the thick of things, which as many may have guessed already, we're going to talk a lot about Splice today, a lot about your ambitions, maybe a little bit about G2 as it's inevitable. But first... <laughs> Norskan, can you do? Can you give me one of these? Can you give me a <laughs> throw that right up there on the well awkwardly on the table? I just put my foot on the table for those What's wondering because the the prompt that I gave to both wonderful Splice boys today, um, as well as to Frostgarn and myself, was that we were gonna have a flex off. And now Zersei, I feel like you might be under equipped for this. Am I supposed to do this? Do you as well? put your shoe on the table, Zersei. It's really tough if you're wearing very tight pants. Yeah. <laughs> very difficult. There you go, uh, Norskan. So I know you're like a sneakerhead and a little bit a hype beast is probably like people probably getting tired of that label already, but you're like, when did this come about that you became such a, a sneakerhead slash streetwear enthusiast? And because I don't think many people appreciate that watch our broadcast that like, because you wear a splice jersey and sweatpants every day. But every time you wear your shoes, you match your shoes, shoes to your keyboard. I mean, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> the reason why I got the, the pink shoes is kind of, I just think it looks uh, like kind of stupid and like funny. And uh, I think... Like laughing is like one of my favorite things, of course, because I mean, it's always funny to laugh. And that's also why I got the pink keyboard, because I mean, it looks stupid, but I, I just think it's funny. And yeah, that's kind of why I got it. And I guess sneakers and like uh, streetwear and stuff like that I got into recently, I guess, by like uh, getting into, you know, when you listen to a lot of music, you watch music videos, you look at like what the celebrities are wearing. And I guess it's like a thing that's like really popular with like almost everyone now. But yeah, you get kind of influenced and it it feels kind of good to like have a like an outfit or you know you look good and you kind of get more confident from it i guess and yeah you even have a uh have you noticed his phone case yeah how he has the the air max phone case. <laughs> yeah he has the 97 one air max phone case yeah. uh it's it's a custom but yeah i think it's so you yeah. have a custom phone case you i mean they don't make those you know you picked Air Max for your customer. No, 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 wait, no, no. It's the, the Sean Wortherspoon yeah. uh, 97 one. So it has a 97 upper and a one Air Max bottom. All right, it's a so very custom if, shoe if from a designer. super lost at this point, it's important <laughs> to clarify. So what we're talking a lot about in streetwear is just like, I won't call them super high-end fashion brands, although many of them are becoming high-end. I think end. they are at this point. And maybe they are, but we're, right, we're talking a lot about shoes is something that Frostgren loves 
the most. I won't contest on that. Something I enjoy. Something um, you. I don't know. I don't know if I can keep up with Norse Karen. Norse Karen also very much up there. Zersi, I'm curious. Is you're kind of the odd man out here. I feel like you represent. Yeah, the- I mean, I feel like I'm kind of left out here. <laughs> like I have no idea what everybody's talking about. So I'm just chilling here. I'm just waiting for the subject to end. <laughs> I feel like that shares me. Do you have any like? Any interest in any of this? Like, do you want look at Norse Garen's off-white pants? I, yeah, I think every, brand for the record, everybody in the team has like asked me like, what, dude, why are you still wearing the tag? You know, like, did you steal the shoes? Like, I got some. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> but they're like, dude, that looks really stupid. And I'm like, no. Would you? Are you the kind of person, as I say, that would like spend a bunch of money on clothes, or are you just kind of like, I'll wear whatever works for me. I'm chilling because like your outfit right now, you're looking good. Like you're looking fresh. Don't get me wrong, but it's obviously not like. Because it's not five hundred dollar pants. No, yeah, that's my point. It's like, are you the kind I mean, of person that would like spend money on on fancy clothes? I mean, not really. I just feel like you can get better looking. Like, okay, you, maybe you can get as good looking clothes as the expensive ones, like yeah. for a cheaper price. And I don't see the point to spend that much money on clothes that are pro- you're probably gonna throw them away. In I mean, it's, it's probably a bad hobby to have, like, uh, what's it called investment wise. But oh, I mean, it's not an investment. Let's be clear. Yeah, it's a, you're not making money. In it's defense of both, I totally understand where Zerse is coming from because there are just about what you prioritize, what you're going to spend your money on, what you want to invest on. In North Garen's defense, uh, I do think that clothing can be an investment in terms of like how you showcase your personality. It's like wearing art, especially. Uh, how I feel about like sneakers and high-end design. So I totally get it. That's not your priority. You'd rather spend your money on like food or video games or anything no, that, like so that. So that's my, that's my follow-up is, is then what do you, do you spend your money on anything? Or are you just kind of like, you're chilling. You play Zerse like, is like, I own three you, like, tigers. Kind of, like, in my experience, there's pro players who like spend their money like crazy. And there's pro players who just, who just chill. Like, right. Like you live in a gaming house or an apartment, you play league all the time. You're like, you're saving and you're building up for whatever your future holds. But are, are you the kind of guy that spends money? Mm, I mean, the most money I spend on food, but other than that, I'm pretty much just saving it for invest, investments later on. Yeah. Not pants. Not or pants scaring. or like shoes. To be it's, fair though, I, I would <laughs> say pants. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I do have a question because, um, this is kind of weird. Spice are a fairly young team in terms of your guys' ages. I think the oldest is Kabe. What, he's 24 now? Chachi. I think it's Chachi. Chachi? Okay. Um, but otherwise, you guys are, are fairly all young in mm-hmm. age. Is there ever like a fear or a conversation about what you guys are going to do post being professional players? Ooh, we're going to go there. That's deeper. Well, the thing is, is you guys are like in the heyday of League of Legends right now. Like um, salaries are really strong. The safety net Mm -hmm. is really good because the ERL leagues, the academy leagues have always been built out. You can actually get a a decent salary Mm -hmm. playing on a a challenger team as well as now. We're a Turkish team. Don't forget Turkey. Turkey's important too. (laughs) And uh, as well as playing in now a not franchise league Mm -hmm. in terms of terminology, but a very secure position. So are you guys thinking like, you know, buy a house? Is it you're just taking each day as it comes? Like... Well, I think I'm in my early career, kind of. Like, I, it's only my second year. So, like, I'm not really thinking that much of, like, what I'm going to do after it. But I've I've thought about, like, what I'm going to study and, like, what I'm going to do. But not that much because it kind of, like, scares me, you know. Because yeah. it might be, like, in five years, it might be, in, like, one year, you know. Maybe I have a, a bad year and I just completely... Do you think it's that scary that a single year can end someone's career right now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you never really know. It's kind of the instability of the, the career, yeah. Is that just because it's so competitive that there's so many hungry guys behind you or that the teams are just that um, cutthroat? I feel like it's a bit of both because like right now in Europe, there are a lot of really good uh, solo queue players and then you have the national leagues as well. So like there is a lot of talent. So if you don't keep up with uh, 
with the LEC or the league you are in, you will get replaced eventually. Do you think this is something unique to like Europe and China and Korea that have these large populations of players that are flooding in? And do you think that this is a problem that NA might face or might not face? Because I think that's always the complaint is that everyone looks at NA and it's like, where's the, the young blood talent? You have these names that pop up and everyone grabs hold of them. Uh, well, it definitely helps to have like a much larger base, uh, like player base. Um, and the thing is like we have like the national leagues as well, but in NA, like I'm not too sure what they have. I mean, I know they have the uh, the high school like Collegiate. High school, uni, and uh, challenger, I believe, or academy. I think it's academy. Yeah, the academy was called, well. called challenger. But I feel like in some of the academies, there are just old players from LCS from like previous years or like even imports. So I call it a parking garage. <laughs> yeah, so like you're not even like uh, retirement home. <laughs> <laughs> There's an appropriate term for these. Yeah, things. so you don't even have talent coming in the next year. So yeah, I think I saw a stat or something that was like half of the US player base is in NA. Or like there's something like there's only like half of what the EU has, and that just kind of shows like how little like talent they have, and like the only players I really see, like like that, that rise from academy are like they get, like get early picked up from like uh, maybe C9 or I saw some optic players maybe, mm. and they just get chance on LCS, and they might not be good at first, but then they maybe like practice with the main team for a while, and I think that's that's the only like way any bridge talent is like if they just pick up a player on their academy team and like invest on them really early. Because there's not really like yeah like challenger leagues like we have here in the EU, with the the Spain league or the French league and etc. So how did because I mean you guys kind of predate uh, the ERLs in its current formation. So where did you guys come from in terms of your early on career? Because again, very young players. You weren't here. I know. I, I know. You, but you're young here too, so you don't know all the little bit. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's let's before we talk about your team, how about just a, a quick rehash of where you guys came from? Because there are probably also a lot of new fans of the LEC this year who don't know you as. I mean, I've talked to I've talked to you before, Zerse, a lot about your history. And Norskaren, I know yours a decent amount. Last mm -hmm. time you were here, I think it was with Upset, though. So yeah. he was flaming you every 30 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, I mean, my, my first team was with Upset in 2016. We tried to qualify for a Challenger Series with Master Wars, so that failed. And then I played, like, as uh, I was subbed in as to an American Challenger Series team. And uh, we were there, or I was there for, like, two months or something. And then after that, I played in the French League and then Schalke. But I guess my question is, is um, while that's like the sort of like your tournament career, were you just a, a solo queue player that got high up and then you, through friends that were doing these tournaments that that's how you got drawn in? Or were you like specifically scouted? Um, well, I think I started playing like tournaments in like my home country in Norway. And then I thought, just thought it was really funny. And then I just got high ranked in solo queue at a very young age. And then I just um, started playing with some people, got to know them and then they invited me to their teams. And yeah. Were you always a support player? I mean, I, I tried to play AD actually for one split, but then I, because it's like my favorite role, you know, whenever I'm like feeling down, you know, I pick up some Lucian, you know, I do some short dashes and I just pop off. But yeah, I think uh, support is probably what I'm going to have the, the highest uh, peak at. The secret strat is there that you, like, Kabe will lock in the, <laughs> the Velkaz and people will be like, oh, it's Kabe's AD Velkaz yeah. and you lock in Likely, the Lucian. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully if we have a, a game where it doesn't matter, I'll get to play AD on stage. Oh. I you're don't want to see that happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you, I, was, I, was, I didn't want to Actually, play. then I can play uh, support. You really like Yumi, no? Yeah, so like when Yumi got released, like, I <laughs> Did spent... Did you just say with a straight face, I really like playing Yumi? Yes, I actually do. Oh, when, when Okay, so, so when the champion got released and it had like 35-40% win rate, yeah. I was like, no, I don't believe those, those numbers. I have to make this champion work. So I proceeded in playing 20 games in a row of Yumi. And then... Uh, what I was your win rate? 
I think 40%. You, you're doing <laughs> but, God's work. <laughs> but I was still learning the champion. And I yeah, remember yeah. that week we were playing Schalke. So uh, Odo told me that uh, they scouted me. <laughs> and they were like, what's, uh, and then uh, Dylan asked Odo, like, what's wrong with me? Why am I playing so much? Yumi, am I going to play support on stage? <laughs> and then I just told him, no, I just, I was just practicing a new champion. That's why you're a mystery, dude. It's because like half the you're like the Kiana jungle. They're like, is this one real? The Yumi support. They're like, is this one real? You never know. Yeah, you never it's know. always a surprise. But like whenever a new champion comes out, I always see circus matches in like 25 games in like one day, like with one champion, the new champion. Do you think that, that actually gives you like a really wide champion pool? Not that you'll play Yumi jungle or anything like that. But <laughs> please, please. Play Yumi jungle. Just show me. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, Twisted Fate Yumi. If you could have Yumi jungle, Twisted Fate mid lane, and then just you just There's run no to mid. Is it? Yumi and jungle. I know, but it would be cool. To help you clear. Yeah, you can put even then you don't the, even get the yeah. XP. The new funnel. Oh my god. Oh, please know Yumi in the jungle. But do you think that that uh, has bled over into your professional career? Because you have this reputation of having, like, you play anything. And you can be a master of, like, specific champions, but it's usually, like, weird shit. Well, it definitely gives me an advantage that I get to... I mean, I like to have a deep game knowledge about every single role. So if I am going to gank bot, then I know what the new champion does. And I do this for every single uh, champion and all the new champions that are being released. So I know that what they're doing instead of just having to go into the game in loading screen and then just uh, type on YouTube uh, new, <laughs> a new champion or what do the spells do. So, yeah. You don't want to be the guy on ProView pressing tab to read his Garen abilities. You want to you you understand firsthand what Garen's... Is yeah. that what Wonder did? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. All right, certain uh, G2, Garen. Joy, oh joy. Um, so now we can like... Xerxes, I, I feel like we didn't get to... Do you want to know Xerxes? I know Xerxes uh, was on Unicorns of Love. Um, before that? Before... The, okay, so I was... When I first started playing League, I was 600 Dilo, which is the equivalent of Bronze 5 right nowadays. This is like such oh, an it's iron. So you're telling me that there's hope. Iron. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. Iron is the lowest division right now, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's Iron. But uh, basically, I got Challenger at the age of 13. And from 13 to 16, I was pretty much just a solo queue player. Uh, then uh, I got recruited by a Turkish team and uh, I played for Dark Passage for one year at 16 uh, where we actually won the split surprisingly against Supermassive uh, and the funny thing is like we, uh, in the regular split we all all the games uh, against them like even the schemes so we go on stage um, it was a team with Caps actually I was playing with him in the team and we just 3-0 Supermassive but the sad part is that because me and Caps were both 16, yeah, you, yeah, you couldn't we, we couldn't qualify for the um, world, like world's planes or like well, where all the um, wildcard regions play. So, uh, yeah, we just had to stay home and just watch the team lose <laughs> from home. Actually, who was it who replaced? It was Kure, no? Kure and Koskyo. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, downgrade. Ooh. Haven't heard that name in a while. Old mate Cosq. Wonder if he's still if he's back at school. We'll check in on Cosq later. Uh, maybe, maybe never. Actually, I take it back. Cosq, bless him. It was a rough split. Wait. So did you guys always know that you just wanted to go pro? Like that was the goal from yeah. Yeah. I, I knew. I knew since a young age. Like since I was, I pretty much hit challenger. I, I felt like I, I can do this and. Uh, yeah, I just believed in myself. <laughs> I think every kid's dream, if they're playing a video game, they want to go pro on it. Like, I think every kid who starts playing Fortnite now, they dream about going pro. And same with League, I think. But yeah, especially for I mean, me. It's hard not to when you watch on TV. Some kid just made $3 million. Yeah. I'm like, 
I could do that. I definitely can't. I've, I've played like a, a few hours of Fortnite and I know that I can't. But, but that's back to the people that can. What's so crazy to me is that in like the current uh, current climate, like yeah, because you have the mainstream Fortnite guys who are just winning ridiculous amounts of money. Mm-hmm. But back when you guys, when you were 13, that road didn't exist almost at all. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't like, uh, the LCS was just start like, was just that was starting. like the very beginning of that. Yeah, it was the beginning. So like, you didn't even know like, hey, is it gonna be in five years? Like, is, is it even gonna be in like one year from now? And so like, it was just a risk to take at that point. Was there any backup plans? Yeah, just keep going to school. I mean, you were okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I was. School, yeah. I mean, I was playing the game, but I was still going to to school. So if if anything goes wrong, I can always go back to school. Is that the the plan then for both of you that you'll exit, maybe go back to school? I mean, yeah, after I played in Challenger Series with uh, Schalke, I still went back to school, but then I came back because I got the Rocket offer and I thought, like, dude, this school thing sucks. I just <laughs> play LCS. But yeah, but my original plan was, like, finishing high school first and then go playing, but I was so bored. Like, I just, I just wanted to. So did you not finish high school? Did no. you come straight in? Damn, dude. Damn, you're like an there's, NBA. They would never, will never let the media interview you because they're you're like you're like their dream <laughs> case. They're like the kid who dropped out of high school. <laughs> I feel like every LEC player now is like a uh, robot, no? But then all he needs to do is put his shoe on the desk. <laughs> yeah, and I see. You just get put the cloud up there. No, I mean it's totally fine. I'm happy that you guys have like found so uh, such success so young, and it's like a testament to our, I don't know, to like the strength of. European League of Legends that I think come up so young. My mom, the best advice that I ever got from my mom is she looked at the world and she was like very much into technology and she said that um, we're, you're going into a world where the job market is going to be so limited that you are going to have to be demanded to make your own job. And I think that esports is actually like a perfect mm-hmm. representation of that, that they saw, uh, we all saw like a market and we made our own professions and like forged a trail. And now that trail has been pushed. Like people will come up behind you of like the 13 year old Zerse, like, this is what I've got to do. These are the steps that I need to take. But this guy was fucking out here in the wilderness. Like, I think that this yeah. will work. <laughs> so there's the two versions. I feel like you guys have very similar stories, but the way Norske and the way you portrayed is like, uh, is to wrap this up, it's like, it's like very casual, right? Like I was playing some tournaments and I went pro and so it's I'm, like, yeah, from yeah. age 13, I was challenger <laughs> and I knew I'd be pro. And that's the I most anime shit that I have everything. ever heard in my entire life. You know, life. I actually made a post of like an AMA on Reddit as yeah. well. So. No, I, I remember actually when I was like, um, playing, when I started playing in tournaments, I was like 15 and I was, the scene in Norway was like really bad, but we still, I still had fun, you know, I traveled around the country and I remember like I was struggling in school at the time and I remember like, my teachers being like mad at me for playing uh, so many video games as my mother as well. And I was like telling them, but like, you know, I, I'm making a career out of this or like, I, I'm like, I'm having so much fun and like, this is like what I want to pursue. I remember I had that conversation and yeah, it didn't really go well. <laughs> so I, I was like kind of like my, my mother t- took away my, my computer, like the, what's it called? The, the cable or whatever. And the yeah. ethernet cable? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I, I, like, I couldn't get, get it. I couldn't get it until I did like my homework and I guess my, my grades or my schoolwork went better, so I got it back. But yeah, it's it it a tip for parents and for kids. And just remember, anytime, anytime your mom doubts you, you just slam that <laughs> foot back on the table. Bam, mom. You know how much these shoes cost? I made that money. Being a nerd and playing video games. Bam. Oh, I love esports. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. All right, let's talk a little bit about Splice then. We got a little off topic there at the start, but that's honestly one of my favorite things. Um, so Split so far. I feel like has been I, I would consider it a pretty good split for I think it's an amazing split for Splice. Yeah, all right. So like Frost, give me the TLDR of what you think and we'll let them 
correct analytically or, or so here's my thing about splice i uh, have passively observed splice's organization and it's not necessarily your guys' splice mm-hmm. you're on rocket you are on ul but for the longest spli- time splice has just been like a like a flat line like always there but you didn't really see that there was a pulse uh 2016 was like the heyday they went to worlds that was like the kabe mickey uh the danish roster mm-hmm. um as, as i list mickey like the yeah, non yeah. The, the, the one Dane. non-danish player he's an honorary dane he played before danes and then suddenly you guys uh joined the roster i think that there was a lot of question marks about humanoid and i remember coming into spring vettius and i got into an argument about whether this the changes that splice made on this roster was actually an upgrade or not because humanoid was such a question mark and that it was probably going to be okay splice will be the gatekeepers to the podium they'll be fourth Mm -hmm. they'll never get it and now this split has splice ever been like just second Outside of the 2016, like, isn't this technically the best that Splice has ever done in a regular season? Um, I hope well, so. I th- I think that it's hard for me to remember the double group days because mm-hmm. um, H2K was at the top for a while, so they might have been like second in the context of a group. But I think second overall, or at least contesting second at this moment. If you would have beat Excel, you would be sole possession. <laughs> uh, different discussion we can have in a few minutes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that this is the the strongest that Splice has ever been, and and for me. Uh, I'm curious how this how the split has felt to you guys because like I think it's always easy for pro players to just look at the next step right and to mm-hmm. not like take a step back and look at how much improvement has happened because like you Mr. Anime Ambition and you same Anime Ambition just a little bit more casual are like always going to be like what's the how do like how, where do I become oh world champion it's Ash and Gary but that's the old that's your anime <laughs> reference that's a Pokemon right yeah like the, only, See, he got it. the only anime I've ever seen or yeah wait watch anime. okay that's we're going to come back to that because I have a very important question regarding that that we'll bring up at the end. I will pose it as if I asked a Twitter question, mm. but <laughs> holding on to that. Lame anime reference. We could have totally gone for My Hero Academia. We could have gone for like Sword Art Online. We I don't watch for, any of those. I watch Pokemon. Could have even gone for like Naruto if you want to go classic. That's fine. But um, anyway, let's, let's sort of say from your perspective, how has the split gone for you guys? Like, Do you feel like you guys are constantly improving or does it feel like other people around you are getting worse? How did it feel from your perspective? Mm, I, okay, so for my expectations, it definitely, uh, it did, ex, uh, like my expectations were, we're going to make playoffs for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, contesting like for top three is always a, a dream, like a goal. But it felt really difficult coming into this year because like there were so many uh, good teams. Like you looked at the Misfits roster, like all the rosters at the beginning, you thought like they're going to be insane, right? And then uh, with Splice, like we had to get a rookie millionaire. We had to... Uh, we, I mean, with Norsker and coming from Rocket, I, I knew he's good, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, we didn't have like the strongest roster on paper uh, compared to what other teams had. Mm. So um, yeah, I, I just feel like for this year, I I have to put a lot of work to make sure that um, I become like a, the voice of the team and I can lead the, the team in game and uh, give a plan on what we're supposed to do. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I managed to do that. And I think everyone in the team has managed to exceed my expectations. And uh, especially uh, Norsker and uh, Humanoid, they've been insanely good. Do you feel comfortable talking about some of your guys' comms? Because, spoiler alert, and we may have to edit this out, we listen to your guys' comms. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And it's probably why so many people on the team have, like, your pathing is very good, but a lot of the 
casters on the team hold you in very high regard um, because listening to the comms, it's very clear how fundamental all of the pieces of Splice are, but especially users say. And I'm always just curious if Splice will ever not necessarily release what you're saying, but give credit where credit is due to how influential you are. I, mean, I think his pathing is very, like, he, he tells exactly what he's going to do, and then uh, we tell what we can do, and then he makes a plan, like, uh, with us. So, like, we kind of give him the information that he needs, and then he just makes a plan for us, and, yeah, he's the, he's the carry of the early game, I would say. I mean, I, okay, I don't feel like I'm the carry. I mean, the thing is, like, it's a... The plan maker. It, it's a mutual thing. Like, they have to provide me the info, and I have to work with the info they're giving me. So it's a team effort after all, and I don't feel like this team has really a superstar because we all work as a team, and mm. that's why I feel like we are gonna win by working together and just planning together what we're what we're gonna do in the game. So you said that this is um, like kind of kind of a burden that you put on yourself. You're right. Like I, I want this team to succeed, so I'm gonna be the person that does this. Is this something you talked about with the team, or is this just kind of like something you just started doing and you said, "Hey, I need this information from you guys," and people followed? Was this a plan? Uh, how did this how did this like come about i mean to me it came kind of like a realization throughout the 12 mid split that if i don't make it towards i know how bad i'm gonna feel afterwards because like the past two years i've missed towards and i just know that i'm gonna go home and chill for like three months but i'm not really f i'm not taking that time to relax i'm just looking at words and then i kind of get depressed because maybe i could have been there maybe i could have been playing and i just love playing this game and i always want to be better so I was just thinking of that bad feeling that I'm going to get at the end of the year if I don't make it worse. And I had like, I realized I need to maybe step in like even more, talk to the team, like make sure that we all want to go towards. And if we don't put the effort, these are the consequences that are going to happen if we don't do that. Mm. If you had to de uh, dedicate like a leader, a shot caller, whatever the positions are, a superstar, like where would you divvy out who gets what? Like if Splice are a car mm -hmm. who is what piece like who's driving who's putting the direction so on who's like the engine i would say circus is the driver but then what do you call it, the the framework yeah, yeah. The, yeah the thing that holds the car up i would say it's me and then the the wheels are oh, actually how do you, the engine is kobe kobe and then um God, we're the on. seats richie chachi <laughs> And, uh, you know, the, and uh, you can't really have like a nice car ride without the the radio. So I think uh, humanoid gets the, the radio part because yeah, I mean, he it's the, the icing on the cake. Okay, That's I'm amazing. Be, what did you learn? That's my. I love it. Thank you for bringing it down. I mean, I, my question for you on your car metaphor, Frostman. <laughs> what did you just learn about Splice by asking that? Because I learned absolutely nothing. <laughs> I, I, I get you being the framework, you being the driver, and copy being I mean, it's engine. not really, uh, not me being the framework, but like kind of. You're the glue. This, I would say, yeah, yeah, I would say, like, I, I'm kind of a cheerful guy, you know, I love to laugh, you know, try to keep spirits up. If you're having like a rough scream, I would say, like, I'm the kind of person to yeah. try to make the mood better. And, uh, yeah. what, what I got if I'm defining roles, if we're on like a family car trip, right? Like, Cersei is like dad, he's driving the car. North Karen's mom in the front seat, like, stop hitting your brother, like, whatever, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, Kabi's like the favorite child. Kabi's clearly the favorite child. Uh, visit Chachi's like the dog. Chachi's an uncle. Chachi's like the <laughs> uncle. The Chachi's totally the uncle. <laughs> and like, what is at what point? I don't know what humanoid is. Someone's a dog in the back. Yeah. So you have one kid. You have an uncle. And is is humanoid the dog? Like everybody's happier when humanoids <laughs> around. Maybe you're the dog. I don't know. All right. This is a terrible <laughs> metaphor, and we've gone too far. No, we'll, I feel we'll like we'll invite it's... LS on one day, and he'll be able to like up the game. He'll bring us back to like who's what Pokemon for what reason, but. 
Okay. I appreciate that metaphor. Thank you. All right. I don't feel like I learned a whole lot. Can I ask them? I feel like I did. Okay. We'll Can I ask them about their we'll development plans? Follow up. Yeah. Okay. So, Zerissa, uh, you were just talking about how um, you didn't want to have that disappointment of not getting to go to Worlds. But in terms of, like, we as casters, when we come into a split, we make goal sheets. And, like, week by week, we're very careful about, okay, this week I'm not going to say Legacy and Kings. <laughs> this week I'm going to fuck. You know, like, this that. This week I'm going to push Ignite on the enemy champion. Oh, no. you know, stuff like that. Do you guys have, like, development plans or is it all just, like, achievement focused? Like, how do, how do you measure how you guys got better? Is this, like, I'm going to get better at Pathing I'm going to get better at a champion? Is this, I'm going to press Ignite? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I've learned from, uh, like, Alyssa Pearl that you should not really, like, like focus on achievement like if i said i would like i want to go towards like that's like my goal but then i think if you have that uh, like achievement you're striving towards that you need to kind of instead like focus on like how you can improve the most instead because if you have the you know you need to get to worse then you might feel like nervous because you need to win but i think it's it's important instead like or what i've heard or learned that you need to like focus instead of like playing your best being confident and that's like that will help you instead and I, I remember we had like a speech before our Fnatic game because uh, I think Xerxes was the one who made it. But we're like, like uh, the reason why all these like top players make words every year is because they're really confident in themselves. They are good players, and there's not necessarily like a huge uh, skill discrepancy or whatever between like other players. But like what really like sets them out through others is like the confidence. And I think like being able to play with confidence, like that's like a really big uh, like matter because yeah, it makes a player like completely different. So do you think then that your development has been about like your mental game? Yeah, I think so. I think it's uh, it's been very important because um, yeah, we've had like a, kind of a, a mental coach uh, in Spice now for a while and like focusing on like being more healthy because I've not really been very healthy and no circus has been going to the gym a lot recently and he he's become more healthy and I guess everyone in the team, we drink smoothies, you know, we don't eat pizza every day. We're not, uh, yeah. We're uh, kind of budget OG. You still eat pizza sometimes, though, right? Yeah, of course. But yeah, we're not. Uh, we're kind of the budget OG with the the health thing. But yeah, I think it's it matters a lot. And uh, yeah, I think it's what kind of been focusing on. We're healthier boys now. Yeah, that's good to hear. And I like kind of the development of of team infrastructure because I do think for like the longest time from visiting team houses back in 2017, uh, even like 2018 to a certain degree, it was a little, it was a pretty yikes. It was pretty much like. What I would imagine if I were to move in with my six friends from like the start of college is like exactly what the house like pizza boxes everywhere. People are like, it's like a mess. People are just screaming at each other after scrims. And so like to have that structure, I think is is super cool. And to like let it also help you develop as not just as a team, but as like individual people is is awesome. And is something about esports that I just in general love. Um, so overall, team is improving. Things are looking better. Um, you guys are now kind of like vying for this buy it feels like that feels like the thing that you're chasing and that you're working at um what do you see as like the next step frostgren talked about setting goals like what is what is the next step for for you get for splice as a team to make sure that you knock fanatic down a peg and like secure this buy spot secure this this guaranteed trip to athens well the goal right now is obviously to just secure the top two uh so uh we, for that we obviously need to win all of our games including the one against fanatic so uh, I don't think we need to win all the games, but like the most important one is the Fnatic one, and as long as we win the same amount of games as they do, and we beat them, so it's fine. I think. But we yeah, got the rules on lock. Yeah, I feel, uh, I've figured it out. I've looked at the schedule. I've done, I've done some thinking. Because he's the car frame. He holds it all together. <laughs> Stop, please. But yeah, I, I would rather just win all the games. So 
for that we we just need to put even more effort in in schemes because like I feel like the the teams you see on stage every week is kind of a reflection of what happened the previous week in schemes. Like if they perform bad, it probably means that they had a really terrible week of schemes. Or like you you can even get bad habits from schemes, just dying too much on side or like uh, farming, skipping some camps or like. All those det- little details that happen in schemes are going to show on stage. So uh, our goal right now is to make sure that those mistakes we don't happen in schemes. So we won't repeat them on stage. In terms of, um, and you guys don't need to reveal any of your strategies, but how do scrims go for Splice? Do you guys go in with like, are you trying to practice specific compositions? Are you trying to practice playing side lanes? Are you trying to practice just your communication? Like when you guys go into a scrim, do you guys have a a clear set goal? And then you just through muscle memory, try to grind it out? Or do you just take each scrim as it comes and you're just trying to acquire experience? Usually at the start of the week, we kind of have a a plan uh, based on what happened in the weekend on stage. So for example, if uh, for uh, against Rogue, where we had like a 9k lead at 15 minutes, but it took us 20 more minutes to end the game. We basically had a, a talk about that. Hey, we have this lead. Like if it was G2 or Fnatic, they would have ended the game in 10 minutes. Why does it take so long for us? So uh, we're going to review the game. We're going to talk about it. And then going to the schemes, we're going to try to uh, get those leads again and just try to play even more aggressive in schemes so we can learn how to actually end the game. So speaking of looking back at games where you may not have been able to close out or games that were uh, difficult and trying to set new goals, um, the Rogue game is interesting, and I think we follow up on that one, but the Excel game was a surprise for many people. Some people picked Excel, like Papa Smithy and Ramah, and they were right, but everyone else, I think, uh, pretty confidently, myself included, picked Splice to win that game. I thought this is my freebie prediction for the day. You guys just made So it's like, what happened in this game, Norskir? And I want to get your take. Mm-hmm. And then we can get Frostgren's take, because she's got thoughts. Yeah. Let me tell you, she talked, she talked to me about this before the podcast, and she has words to exchange mm-hmm. with you. But what, from your perspective, kind of what, what went wrong in-game? Was there any problems in draft? Where do you see issues that you can go back and work on from this Excel matchup? Mm, well, I'll, I'll be honest, I thought maybe our uh, prep work were not, was not that good, and we kind of got surprised in draft. And uh, yeah, it kind of made like a like a, it was a bad start to the game because yeah we ended up uh, giving uh, two kills to Aurelia and that kind of made the game over because we also threw a lead uh, top lane by like calling our or calling Mr. Chachi to come like um, bot side for no reason and yeah we just really panicked I guess and uh, yeah after the two kills happened mid lane which was kind of my bad because I. Uh, was too greedy with my spells and yeah it's really sad but yeah after that those two kills I there was no like way to get real pressure and because of like how our draft was and yeah I think we we just got kind of stomped after that. Jesse do you want to explain what he means by uh, not using his spells? <laughs> I think you had a, a great way to describe it. I mean like like Norskan said uh, our prep like draft plan wasn't the greatest but uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like Norskan just tried to keep his ignite for the for the next game against Rogue. We won the game, so I appreciate that. To be but fair, you got that first blood with the ignite in the Rogue yeah, game. Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> so it carried over. Yeah, I mean that game was pretty much lost on mechanics and execution. I don't think it was any deeper than that. like we got out macros or anything like that. We just had uh, a one four v one in the river against Tyrellia and then I ended up dying. Then uh, later on we had the 3v2 mid lane 
which you have no more advantage, so it's a good fight to take. But if we don't use our spell, <laughs> then it doesn't matter, right? So that game was just purely lost on mechanics, I would say. I do have some questions, and it's unfortunate that Humanoid's not here, because I'm assuming mm -hmm. that he was probably a strong voice in calling for the Silas. But mm -hmm. why the Silas pick there as opposed to the Aurelia, knowing that that was probably going to be the matchup? Um, did he say anything about it, or did you guys want the Silas for compositional? Because I feel like Splice are also a team that you guys will sometimes not give up matchups, but play more towards holistic team composition rather than just individual lane matchups. Mm -hmm. Well, I think uh, sometimes you can do that, but uh, in this case, I think we were kind of just like not expecting it. But I think we were probably fine playing it otherwise because we it's winnable. It's not like it's like unplayable and you like can't see us. But I think after especially what happened, it's pretty bad. But yeah, I think we just um, I guess we were too greedy in, in draft and we should have seen it coming. So is this That's is this rough? I mean, you guys could just be like, you know, if we didn't feed up two kills, it probably well, wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Match I mean, you, you can say you can six. say either thing, but yeah, we failed, so we kind of have to say yeah, that we that we fucked up, or yeah. So we got both sides of the coin. You're like you technically could have won with that draft, even if yeah, it's yeah. not ideal, but you misexecuted. But ideally, if you have to go back, you just never you never take the same draft again in the first place. No. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. How I mean, how often do you feel like this this mechanical execution thing? is plagued you is this something that shows up in scrims is this just like a uh is this a confidence thing on the day of mm, don't feel like it happens too often i mean to be fair I, I think this is the first time it actually happened on stage and i feel like that's partially because of confidence and like being nervous a bit because i i feel like we are much more confident in ourselves or more comfortable playing on stage against teams like g2 Fnatic, or like the top teams right but then yeah. when you play against the I mean, I know they're not the weakest team in the, the league, lower but, down but the, the lowest yeah. team, like, you kind of get more pressure on you that you need to perform, you need to win this game, and I feel like this is what happened last year as well against H2K, because oh. we, we are the team who gave the 0-30 in H2K their first win of the split, no. so... But don't you think that's kind of interesting? Because if you look at G2 and G2 face like a, a lower standing team, you can tell that they're just kind of playing with their food. And don't you think it's interesting that you say there's more pressure on us? You know, we can't mm -hmm. f up right now because everyone expects us to win versus G2 are probably like, we are going to slam these kids <laughs> so yeah. hard. Yeah, I mean, like Northcan said earlier, like those teams like uh, the, uh, Fnatic, G2, like because they have such a big history of succeeding. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I feel like because uh, they've been towards year after year and they've been performing, this gives the player uh, confidence as well. Like, hey, we are this top team. Like, we're gonna beat everyone. So I feel like that definitely helps helps them go into the game. And I feel like G2 is a special case as well because like they're just so talented and insane at the game. They can just do whatever they want. Maybe not be Garen, but uh, yeah, <laughs> they can do almost everything that they want. Yeah. Um, so you talked about kind of confidence being very important, North Korea, and you specifically mentioned it, and you mm -hmm. talked about uh, the situation where you didn't feel like you were prepped necessarily as well as you needed to be for mm -hmm. Excel. So do you feel like do you feel like having that prep is important for your confidence, or is it just what Zerse is talking about, where it's this like fighting a bottom team, you're kind of more nervous, more worried because you know what the Reddit thread is going to look like when you lose to the bottom team, you know? Mm, well, I don't, I don't really care about uh, what people <laughs> write on Reddit because I think it's kind of funny, like going after, even after a loss, you know, I kind of go there and it always cheers me up because so many people are like, like they're so stupid. They like they 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 write like why they why we lost the game. It's like completely wrong. It's not like it's not accurate at all. I'm like sitting there like, 
uh, put in the comment because I think it's so funny. But uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but so, but do you do you feel like for you, as long as you feel prepared going up against any top team, mm-hmm. that like your confidence will be fine and you can go in at a hundred percent? I mean, I, I know if if our scrims have gone well, I know I've been trying really hard. I think I'm always confident, and I think I'm one of the the players who I don't kind of feel the the panic or whatever against the lower tier teams. I'm kind of like trying to keep calm, like call my teammates. But yeah, I think having like a, a good prep is always important. Like even if you're like super insane, I think like a super insane team, it's really important to prep because then you like kind of have a, like you, you're faster to react maybe in draft. Like if they do this, you then you know like what's the best for you. I think it's it's really good to like plan out like the second phase of the draft or like what you do if they ban this and that. How much of um, Splice's preparation is through like support staff versus the the players? Like, do you guys, when you're facing a team, have like intimate knowledge about what the team is going to do, how they're going to play, or is it your support staff that comes to you and says, "These are what we expect. Prep something for this." Yeah, I think our support staff is really insane. Like, we have um, we have like three main coaches and some analyst work here and there. But yeah, uh, Peter Peter Dunn, he always does like insane scouting reports for us, and we always like learn so much from it and even our uh, two assistant or two main coaches uh, Duke and uh, Mac they do kind of the the draft draft prep and then we kind of come in like say if we agree or not then we kind of just talk for hours about it and I'm I, you know and this is obviously a large part of the Spice organization has been praised repeatedly Peter Dunn of course uh, I think most known within the context of the league scene as being uh, an excellent scout for talent. He like he called Whippo a mile off. He called um, a lot of the names coming up. Obviously, he pulled you onto the teams there, say, when I think that you had had some solid splits, but there might have been some people who were skeptical as to like what your ceiling would look like. Um, so always good to hear praise from them. Now, I I'm, I'm, was looking at this thing because I wanted to talk to you guys about chasing top two, right? But I look at your schedule. You guys have a pretty easy schedule. I feel like it's all on you. I would say that, except now you've just told me that, like, against bottom teams, there's, like, this looming fear of destruction. And let me tell you, there's going to be a lot of looming fear of destruction here because your next week you play OG, which I outside of Fnatic is your hardest matchup, but OG have looked up and down. You have OG and Fnatic are your tough opponents, but then you also are playing SK and Misfits, two of the lowest teams in the league. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's entirely in your hands to get second. I feel like I, I feel bad for Fnatic because Fnatic has to play you and Vitality, and I feel like that's a way harder schedule. Yeah, I think uh, we are kind of or i would say at least for me i'm really confident in getting the top two spot it's like the goal and what i'm gonna work the hard the hardest for and it's gonna be really important uh, the match against fanatic so i think i'm uh, probably gonna prepare some uh, some nice picks for that one try to get the the cheesy win maybe some other games but i think uh, yeah against these teams like misfits and sk it should be kind of easy unless they maybe leader pulls out some uh, insane assassin or something and just kind of one shots us over but uh <laughs> I think yeah, we should be fine. <laughs> it was like a best of five today versus mm-hmm. you guys and Fnatic. Who would win? I would say us. Yeah. yeah. So do you think, are you the second best team right now? Well, I mean, it's it's hard to say because you have not really played them much recently. At least uh, we haven't really played Fnatic much. And last time we played them, I think they were just, it was kind of like the time where we had the, the confidence boost from, from the speech from Cirque And I felt like, you know, I was playing like a really good match of bot, and I just realized like uh, that this guy is like really trolling, and I can just kill him. And yeah, I just did like five times. And we also, I also went for some plays that were like kind of too confident. But yeah, the the thing I need to do now is like kind of find the balance. You know, try not to be too confident, so like I don't run it down. And uh, yeah, I think um, I think it would be fine playing against Malik now. Like I would be really confident. 
Best of five comments. All right, Frostburn, I want your take then. Are Splice the second best team in Europe right now? I don't think so. Sorry, guys. Ooh. But I don't think that Fnatic have it by like a super clear margin. Mm -hmm. I think it would obviously come down to execution of draft every single time. But that's the only reason why I can't confidently say that in a best of five, Splice would win it versus Fnatic. I'd have to see every single draft every single time to be like, okay, this team I think theoretically should win this game. So has the easier win condition. Why, why does Fnatic have the edge then currently? If it's this like close, hard fought best of five, what 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 to that is it is it history? Is it a pedigree? Thing? I think it's is consistency. I think um, to be frank, that if I was placing money or uh, let's say credibility on percentage game between Fnatic and Splice that if I look at Norskaren if I look at Humanoid I'm like the highs and lows the variance is really high mm -hmm. versus someone like Nemesis who just sits on the quirky and the Azir now that said if Splice goes against I thought you were about to say Hill thing too I was gonna be like no, uh, I wasn't going to say variance player. I was with you. But, uh, I was kind of like, as a counterpoint that, I would say some of the Fnatic players have really high lows as well. Whippo and, and Hilly are probably yeah. the easiest ones to point but, out. Uh, I kind of see where you're coming from. Brox is definitely slumping, but in clutch moments, and this could just be that, I mean, frankly, no one really knows what this Splice roster looks like in a clutch moment. Mm -hmm. It could be that you guys get that best of five, you guys go to game five, and it's you guys that get the clutch moment. But in terms of the tape that we have to study, mm -hmm. like everyone's always going to take the safer bet and say Fnatic can do it because we've seen the Fnatic play players when the story very well could be i mean we brought this up in the story meeting just last week where i was like we could be building this fanatic g2 final and in reality splice could get that third place match or that second place match against fanatic and it could be a splice g2 final but no one's ever going to see that coming because no one ever has tape that you know in game five it's norse garen that gets the baron steal because he uses, he uses unsealed spellbook over the wall and gets the smut you know what i mean uh -huh. and like unfortunately like that's just the underdog story that you guys are are stuck with and i don't want that to like dampen you i hope that that mm -hmm. like ignites because everything that i hear from you guys just the language choices that you use um you guys seem really like humble you're obviously a very intelligent team i personally think that splice have been really fun to watch mm -hmm. but i know that not everyone in the audience agrees with that but like use that underdog story and know that 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 gives you an edge because no one expects that when you guys go up against fanatic that you can win but Fnatic doesn't expect that. Fnatic said that if they could have picked you uh, instead of Vitality, that they would have. So mm -hmm. this is like the ultimate storyline where Splice can get their revenge. And holy f would that be amazing to say in a cast? Yeah. And wow. to be fair to Fnatic, not that that wasn't a hella unnecessary BM thing to say, <laughs> albeit funny at the time, uh, you guys were much worse than you are now. And like, yeah, yeah, we were pretty bad. Yeah, I think we improved a lot. I think the thing was, we were like, last split, we were like, can Splice break into top three? Can and the answer, Splice? And the answer was, no. No, you couldn't. <laughs> like, no, you couldn't. You couldn't beat OG and Fnatic. But now, not only are OG falling, which is like, if, if OG just got worse and you guys were top three, it wouldn't have meant much to me. I would have been like, hey, Splice, whatever. But the fact that you are contesting second and are rapidly improving, I think is what's so, what's so significant. I think top three for you guys would have been easier this split than it was last split just because um this like six to to one slot is kind of just a mess right now yeah. to be honest um and a lot of teams are losing games where you might not expect them to although you guys have now joined that <laughs> <in the> random <laughs> loss to excel to be fair um but the fact that you're also risen up and you're contesting a fanatic i think i think does does mean a lot and how you're doing it is is, is pretty significant i will say this in the recent losses uh it's more encouraging to think that splice will win because the way that you guys lose uh is through like random moments where you just run it down in the mid lane versus in the ways that fanatic have lost it's like really problematic like fundamental breakdowns of what side of the map that they should have been playing how their drafts were organized and so 
like in just kind of the the back half, I think that an analyst could probably make a case for Splice in that best of five and saying like, well, when we see these teams playing like garbage sometimes, you know, at least when Splice are doing it, it's very random versus like fundamentally wrong, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But again, it's, if I had to bet, people are always going to bet on what they the consistency factor. Yeah, I think uh, I understand when people say that. Like, I, I don't. I like being humble now because I've not really achieved anything. Like with this team, we haven't really like done anything insane. We got fourth place last split, so I'm not gonna come like be super confident and say I'm gonna smash people because, yeah, I don't really have any like uh, like finals or like any good placement to back it up. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's fine for now to be humble and just try to show it through the games. Do you feel like? You're gonna be a changed man if you, if you get your game five. I don't care where, but if you get your like game five heroic Baron Steel, do you feel like that's gonna fundamentally change you? Actually, as a that, whenever I um, I played Spellbook, like it was always my dream to like try to steal Nash in the late game with Spellbook, you know, because it's really funny. And I, I've done that in scrims, and like I, I remember like even in scrims, I was like kind of shaking, you know, trying to like out, out smite the enemy jungle, and yeah, it's it's pretty fun. But yeah, I mean, that would be like the dream scenario. Yeah, and that's a ton of pressure. And I feel like it's we had may have used it too much. I think last year where we talked about X Factor, but that like. Is always going to be a thing, right? Like when um, a very older version of Splice played G2 and it went to full five games and Perks was getting destroyed in mid lane. He hates when I say that. He swears that he beat that magic versus Cucks, but you didn't let it go. I'm not letting it go though, so I can't really speak. But anyway, so he was losing. I mean, it, it was literally two plays from both Mithy and Perks where it was an insane flank um, from and a blast cone over a blue buff wall into like a flawless Cassie ult to, to win a best of five that was otherwise unwinnable. And so I do think that when you have a player like Hill sitting on your team, variance or no, obviously some great games, obviously some bad games, you always you always kind of give them, if it's like pr pretty close to 50-50, you always give them this edge because you assume that when the pressure's on, they're going to show up. I think that's the only thing that I'm missing from Slice right now. And that could just be that you guys haven't been given the opportunities, but I'm like, I'm missing the clutch moments. Mm -hmm. But then also when you look at Splice victories, it, you guys never put yourself into situations of clutch moments because you could very easily say like, well, if you needed to make that Baron steal, you were probably a shit team for 90% yeah. of that game anyway because you need to rely on the steal. And that's just not how Splice play the game. So then maybe it's also like reworking my expectations of what your guys' win conditions are, how you guys think about the game, and then how you execute on them. I mean, that's why our games do take so much time because we don't go for the, let's say, 50-50 plays. Like we, mm. we always try to go for the the play that has the highest percent of uh, working and uh, just taking the the lowest amount of risk we can take. And yeah, that's why it takes a lot of time for us to win the game. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that next evolution, though. When, like, let's say the, the fundamental book on on the objectively right play is like mastered and you guys know and sometimes you go well you know what honestly we have a 3k gold lead and i'm just better than this guy let's take the, let's take let's take the f and fight like let's just go <laughs> right like and i think that that's that's the thing that i'm looking forward to is the next evolution of splice but the fact that uh, honestly the fact that you guys have progressed as quickly as you have this split and looking at the schedule you have upcoming it's going to be honest it's going to be a super tight race between you and Fnatic, um because both of you have very similar records in the second half at this point uh, obviously there's new tiebreaker rules this split it's head-to-head -head first but then after head-to-head -head, if they're 1-1 one -one, it's uh, whoever has the better win record in the second half so now that you've lost to excel things are very close however twitter questions uh you guys came out very spontaneously as i forgot to make a graphic so frosco was the homie and made a video we have a number of twitter questions from your fans but we have about haters six of them so specifically for narskaren from akin thanks <laughs> narskaren what is he thinking about the Volibear support tr trend 
And is there a chance that he locks it in himself instead of just hovering it for the memes? Mm, well, Volibear has been seen playing multiple regions now. I think I saw both in LCK and LPL and maybe some other like wildcard regions. But yeah, it has some like niche picks it's really good into and some it's not that good into. So if the right situation comes out, I'll play it, of course. He's ready. Ooh, can I go? Yeah. All right. Gamza at Miss Gamlerin. If I mispronounce your names, as always, sorry. Uh, for both of you, if you get to choose uh, one good and one bad habit from the other, or one bad, I, I guess both. We'll say if you could pick one good, we'll make it wholesome, sorry. Uh, what would you get? Like, if you could take one thing from Xersei, is it like is it like his gym going? Are you just like, I want that discipline? Like, what would you take? His mm. insane ability to drive a car. <laughs> I think it's uh, like the amount of solo queue games he plays, honestly. Because right now, I think it's it's kind of it's really important to play a lot of solo queue because I mean it improves your mechanical skill. And whenever I see it, like a new champion, I look at Circus's match history. I see 30 games played a new champion, like two days or even like 20 games in one day. I'm like, damn, uh, that's that's pretty cool. But yeah, sometimes it's uh, pretty exhausting. Oh yeah, I, feel, I, mean, so I can't do it, man. I could never be a pro. So like he's rough. There's a lot of abuse verbally yeah, that just, just happens there. It's not all this. Yeah. yeah, especially when you're as bad as I am. So it's it's tough. But what about you? What would you if, if you could take any trait from your boy mm. Norskaren? I think it would be his positivity and I knew you were gonna say that. like his ability to oh. cheer the team, like no matter how down we are. This is so wholesome. It's so wholesome. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. All right. Okay, um, this guy may or may not be a very hardcore Splice fan. Uh, there's some passive aggressiveness here. Oh, oh shit. From uh, RSS Abob. <laughs> Does it bother them to always be called boring, safe, or slow by casters and fans, whilst instead they play one of the safest and best calculated games which would have rivaled the LCK Vision meta back in 15? Okay, so I just want to start with... Not clear who this guy supports or agrees with just at all. <laughs> Do you, yeah, how do you feel about the, the slow label these days? The slow mm. calculated. I mean, in, in a way, I understand why we are labeled as the slow team. And we are obviously playing slow, so it's not like we can deny it and be like, wait, we are playing aggressive like G2 and we don't deserve the title. So uh, sure, I understand where these comments are coming from. But uh, to me, what matters the most is what gets us the wins and what works for us. So, like for me, if I get to finals with this playstyle, I I don't care if we are the most boring team, the the slowest team. It 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 matters what gets you the win. Yeah, if I have to pick, uh, like, if I choose between getting third place, playing fast, and then uh, getting second, playing wave clear, gathering storm, like, dude, I'll take gathering storm every day. Every day. <laughs> like, dude, I want to get those dubs. All right, there's a question in here. I'm gonna find it one more time, but it's basically, it's a shoe question. People okay. really want to buy Xerxes art. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where is Xerxes? Actually, let's start with that one while I find the shoe question. Where is Xerxes.com slash shop so we can buy your art? Would you ever, would you ever consider like... Would you put like, it on a t-shirt? Or shoe? Not a shoe. What the I mean, way too hard. I, I can consider it, but I'm not too sure at the moment. Consider I mean, I, I'm, not, I just, I'm just not too sure if like those people are actually serious. <laughs> well, yes. Splice. Okay. Sorry, Xerxes. Splice, you and me right here. A marketing opportunity. This guy take his pictures, put them on clothing, sell that shit. <laughs> Yo, it actually, would be some pretty. But who would buy that? Like, <laughs> no, like, honestly, honestly, I would honestly buy like, like a just a plain white T-shirt with like just like a square like one of your art. It's like actually so. I mean, you you should like have something like really stupid on, and you put the the five hundred dollar price tag, and you're gonna have like, some high beasts like picking it up. <laughs> That's actually true. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And your name is like a great hype beast thing, right? <laughs> like we got Supreme, we'll get Xerxes. It's like, it's like, 
it's gonna happen folks i can't promise it's gonna happen but i'm gonna kind of promise it anyway we're gonna make the desserts here well, let's we should make if splice doesn't want to do it let's let's collab we can i don't know what this rules are. i, I like you're more excited for this than i am <laughs> yeah no that's the that's the thing is i'm gonna push you to do it and you're gonna draw i'm i'm the person trying to exploit you as an artist are you gonna be my manager yeah that's yeah <laughs> i'm his manager now splat again Ooh, might get in trouble for that one um all right north scan i can't find this question i'm gonna control f it because i'm an adult and control f shoes zerse from Oh God, the charming gent. Okay. What do you think of the current state of jungle? Mm, I feel like it's in a case spot. That, that uh, there is obviously the Sejuani Java matchup is kind of the equivalent of Azir Corki in the mid lane, uh, which is kind of boring for me, and that's why I try to bring the Kiana, the Silas, the Gragas to make it a bit more fun for the viewers. Um, but I mean, I feel like it's in it's an okay spot because you can obviously pick some niche champions. But then you have the meta champions, which are pretty boring. Did you find it? I can't find it. All right. What shoes are you wearing right now? Give us the rundown. And then what is your favorite pair of shoes of all time, Norse Karen? Hmm. I mean, right now I usually just wear uh, low tops because it's really hot. And um, I think like Off-White X Nike is like my favorite uh, collab or like my favorite shoe. And I think the f my favorite one is probably the... Um, I was it called the Hyperdunks. Even though I don't play basketball, I like I really like that one. And uh, yeah, I think it was the first uh, like hype shoe I got. And like I don't really wear it that much recently because it's it's really big and it gets warm. But yeah, I really like it. And I guess it's every other off-white Nike shoe. All right, that question was from at Vince Tables. Uh, Lilislav Perkovic is what I think your name is pronounced as. We'll try that. Um, if it's a Hunger Games scenario, this one's from at HireBot, me ape. If it's a Hunger Games scenario, but with LEC teams, which person slash team wins in the end? <laughs> if you're fighting to the death with a random assortment of weapons, battle royale style, let's say all five of you as a team, where do you place? Well, like in the like the movie Hunger Games, you know, you have to go in the yeah, yeah. woods try to survive. But yeah. instead or of you every man for are you, are you the, the team the that runs in the middle, or, or are you the, the team middle. that goes into the woods? Uh, I know some teams who run in the middle. Yeah, I'm not gonna name. <laughs> And um, I mean, what was the question? Who would win? Who wins? Yeah, who wins? Who from wins all the LEC Hunger Games? Like, screw League of Legends. Talk to me about one on one, like one player or like the entire team. Like, if, a team. if Fnatic's a team that's participating mm -hmm. in this, or G2, like, let's say you say G2 will run towards the middle to try yeah. to grab the weapons, yeah, yeah. Caps and Parks just take off and they're just sprinting towards that. See, the thing is, is, there's a difference here because in video game terms, like, if it was League of Legends Battle Royale, I'm not confirming that that exists. I don't think it exists. I don't know. <laughs> Do not tweet me about that <laughs> jesus all right but they'd probably win but in physical combat they are both not the strongest human beings i've ever seen i'm just gonna remind everyone that broxa exists i mean I, i've been thinking about broxa i feel like he would like just because of him like fanatic is gonna win but you also have cold on og and cold is also at the gym all the time Sure, but so is Bruxa. Yeah, but Bruxa's huge. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Does Fnatic just win by default? Wait, that's only in hand-to-hand -hand combat. What would you guys go for? Are you the team that, like, runs and hides? I uh, no, I think I actually saw Hunger Games recently. It's a great movie, but uh, I'm not sure what I would do. I think, I think you're uh, running hide. I feel I like it, I need it, to think play style it. would transition into, like, let's find... I, yeah, I think hide. we just hide in the jungle. Yeah, like I feel like we would play slow. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow it would happen. Someone's digging slow. the pit, like... Laying the leaves down, creating the booby, booby traps. traps. Yeah. Oh my! Who do you think would win the Hunger Games? 
Is it just is it just Brox? It's like Brox is just too OP. Brox, you get the nerf Brox in the Hunger Games scenario. I don't. We'd have to do something about him because he'd be a massive problem in an open field hand to hand combat, open water combat. Brox would just win. Because the one monotony. <laughs> it's Brox versus the rest of the league. <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, let's get one. Oh yeah, uh, let's go from MQ at MQ zero one one. Final question: uh, What is your favorite world song? And what genre should the song be for this year in EU Worlds, if you could pick a genre? What's your favorite world song that's come out so far? Mm -hmm. I would say Rise. Yeah, I agree. Rise is a total banger, I agree. Warriors was winning until Rise came out, but yeah. I was like, oh, Rise is so good. Frosco, your favorite? Uh, I think Rise, yeah. Yeah, Rise is too but, good. But they're all really good. Like, they're, they're really insane, every, every song. Popping off. If you could pick a genre. But actually, there's one, wait, it's the... Is the KDA song? Is that for from? Yeah, you can call that one from Worlds. That's like came I'm out. I'm really around. tired of the song because we we had Beat Saber. If you guys know what Beat Saber is, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah, uh, human and I would like play this this game and this song like for like at least one hour a day, like in in spring. And I got so tired of the song. Like whenever I hear it, like I just get bad memories. Like from him just standing there and like and just hear it on the. Why don't you just make him more headphones? Yeah, we should have uh, done that. Uh, no. But I think he kind of refused at one point. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad etiquette for the record, making wear headphones. <laughs> All right, so not definitely not KDA. If you could pick a genre for the world song, would you want more like banger anthems? Do you want like some like electronic stuff like that Zed song we had? I'm a big fan of rock. You want some rock, like heavy metal? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, like the like Pentakill, the yeah. random songs. Pentakill pretty cool. But yeah. Frosco, anything? Uh, I mean, do you want, I, do you want some just like pop banger? I know you. You love some trashy pop. I do love <laughs> trashy pop, but want, I'm just like. You want your Katy Perry feature? That one. If we had like a Taylor cool KDA, like amazing, um, like thing for Korea, why can't we get like Rammstein? <laughs> show up <laughs> that would be distinctly German. If our finals were in Germany, we would get Rammstein. I think we would do that. But Rammstein, <laughs> I feel like, are probably pretty impossible to book in this country i would say so we would have we literally have like 10 percent league fans 90 percent rammstein fans <laughs> for tickets rammstein fans are ruthless when yeah. it comes to buying tickets also rammstein shows super cool even if you do not like the music check out some of their their live performance stuff because it's actually insane from the pictures that i've seen i've never been in <laughs> rammstein <laughs> fans like are all nice people i'm sure but y'all look scary y'all are tatted up and, which is funny and like pierced up and like Wearing black all the time. Y'all look like a biker gang that could beat me up. And I just am intimidated. They live in Prince Lauerberg. And yeah. that's like the hipstery. Yeah, if people don't know Berlin, that's like the yummy mummy capital. <laughs> that's like the people People call it pregnancy hill. You like go there to have children. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. It's all, all like right. young families. They're pushing like their strollers. They're going to Pilates. They do yoga. There's all the nice cafes and like Rammstein lives there. Yeah. <laughs> this has been the uh Rammstein versus League of Legends podcast. <laughs> uh I'm your host, Daniel Dracos, notable scared person of Rammstein fans and groups. What about your co-host? And this is also Frost Curran, who's much less scared of Rammstein fans. Um, thank you guys. This has been Euphoria Season 4, Episode 8. Thank you, North Scary and say for, for coming, for joining. Thank I, you for I having us. I no all the luck in the world and going for top two. Do you want to make a quick impromptu bet that I just made up right now? Is it top two? Is it, if you make top two, we will, we did this painting last year, we will paint for you. We will paint MS paint style, but with real paint, so there's a little more pressure because you can't undo your mistakes. You, whatever two champions you you pick of the games that you won in the last two weeks. And if uh, not... And if we don't... And if you don't, you have to paint for us. If you end up in third or fourth or whatever, you have I'm to paint done. for us. Wait, so we have to paint you guys like... You have to paint our, a champion for us. MS, Zerse MS paint style, <laughs> okay. which I will then... 
photocopy and print on a new t-shirt and stuff. And then we will have the t-shirts. <laughs> okay, I'm done. You're down? Yeah. All right, Spice, if you don't make that t-shirt, I swear I will turn this painting into a t-shirt. Please make those t-shirts. <laughs> you can like Kickstarter it, I swear it'll work. Anyway, this has been your impromptu bet. If Spice make top two, um, we have to paint for them. Something great. Any champion that they want that they've played in the last two weeks. Otherwise, they'll paint champions for us based on what we play in League of Legends. It's a game. I play Sivir. That's fine. I, I play Yasuo oh, a bot lane a lot, so that's I'm just a, honestly toxic. All right, this has been the show. It's actually over now, I swear. <laughs> uh, Rammstein, goodbye. <laughs>